Hi, this is Chip Sutterth, and this is episode 418 of the Two Minute Time Lord podcast, the throwback review of The Impossible Planet. This may be part and parcel about being a Doctor Who fan. As much as I resist it and argue the very opposite on this podcast, sometimes I betray my principles and assert that other Doctor Who fans are just doing it wrong, damn it. I'm really vulnerable to that when it comes to the holy trinity of television drama elements, writing, production, and acting. If you like a poorly written episode because it's well-directed, I'm prone to judge you. Sorry, bad chip, no donut. I present my confession to explain why I came into The Impossible Planet with a small chip on my shoulder. I was prepared to be somewhat dismissive of it in this review because it looks so good. I didn't recall the writing to be especially meaningful or innovative. I was ready to dismiss it as enjoyably scary candy coating, one of those malted milk balls that inexplicably is missing the crunchy center. Doctor Who meets Michael Bay. And it's so totally not. Admittedly, as part one of two, you're not going to find narrative resolution here. And the story's themes are only going to be partially explored. But what I realized while I was watching is that I was discounting the gifts of characterization, tension, and structure that are all there in the script. The Impossible Planet isn't message fiction on its own, but it is proper horror with a well-drawn cast and an utterly compelling concept, a planet hanging in space before a black hole. A mysterious, ancient evil apparently rising from a pit. Poor Toby Zed preyed upon, toyed with, and then horrifically possessed. It's good, solid drama by writer Matt Jones. I just didn't give it enough credit because of the outstanding direction by James Strong. It's fun to see the first appearance of the Doctor's orange spacesuit, and to see this Doctor's propensity to hug the dickens out of people, whether in admiration or comfort. It's also fun to see the continuing arc of the Doctor and Rose's relationship, still too full of themselves, but they're about to have a proper scare. It's less fun to see the introduction of the Ood as a slave race, as, quote, livestock, and to have no one but Rose, not even the Doctor, comment on how unacceptable that is. Fortunately, RTD would have much more to say on the subject in a couple of years. And finally, note the cliffhanger at the end of the teaser, and the snap resolution of it after the credits as the Ood fiddles with its translator. One might say that it's as cheap an out as the Doctor's averted regeneration in Journey's End. Well, actually, this is much cheaper. At least Journey's End had an elaborate plan for the hand. But yes, this is a solid, scary story that would still be solid and scary even if it didn't look so good. But look good, it does. More expensive looking than it is, and the juxtaposition of the set and the black hole effects are awe-inspiring. And when Toby kills Scooty, it just breaks your heart even as you're diving, dare I say it, behind the sofa. That was some darned good Doctor Who back in Season 2. And that's the next-to-last episode of the Two Minute Time Lord podcast before our hiatus. Thanks so much to everyone who's been so kind to me, especially one Graham Burke who was way over the top in his comments in Reality Bomb episode 35. As for next time, all right, I'll take you to 